For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. Welcome to Canaan Bound Podcast, a podcast designed to offer the Christian rest during life's journey. Canaan Bound Podcast features devotional segments by pastors serving in the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, along with church history, mission news, and music by various Christian artists who support our teaching. I'm Philip Wells, and this is episode number 102. We begin this week by spending a moment with the Master, with Pastor Aaron Nitz. Welcome, I'm glad you're able to join me today for a look in God's Word. The portion of God's Word that I'd like to look at is from Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It reads, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. On July 4, 1776, twelve colonies formally adopted the Declaration of Independence declaring freedom from Great Britain and what was felt as its taxation, tyrannies, and abuses. Then following years of struggle and battles, they secured their freedom and independence. As we celebrate our freedom and independence in our country, there is an infinitely greater freedom we have. Most of us have enjoyed living in America and enjoyed living in freedom. Most of us probably don't know what it would be like to have someone else control our lives, to not be able to go where we want to go or to do what we want to do. But really, each of us was born into the worst kind of slavery, slavery to sin. And sin is a terrible, terrible slave master. Sin enslaves us in anger, in bitterness, in envy, in jealousy, in greed, in selfishness, in fear, in lust, in immorality, and so on. And ultimately, sin shackles us to death and damnation. But then Christ came. He went to war for you. He battled sin, death, and hell on the cross. He defeated them, and on Easter Sunday the victory bells rang out. Christ won. You're free. He freed you from sin's slavery, freed you from sin's power, freed you for an eternity of freedom. When we celebrate our our independence, let us celebrate our real freedom, the freedom Jesus won for us, and rejoice in that. Amen. Next, we hear a new song by Branch's band called I Will Rise from their new CD called Hope of All. There's a peace I've come to know Though my heart and flesh may fail There's an anchor for my soul I can say it is well, Jesus has overcome, and the grave is overwhelmed, the victory is won, he is risen from the
And now we take some time to discover another Bible truth. Bible truths. Question number five. What does it mean when God says we are justified through faith? If we do a bad deed and by law we are to be punished for it, our punishment is justified according to our misdeed. In the courtroom, this justification is a declaration by the judge what a person has to do to repay society for their misdeed. In God's courtroom, he has said that the wages of sin is death. Our punishment for sinning should be eternal death with the devil. However, God's love for us is so great, he declared us not guilty because of his son Jesus, who died on the cross to take away all of our sins. This is how God justifies our salvation. We enjoy God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. One way to think of justification is just as if I hadn't sinned. This is how God sees us. There is nothing for us to do 
to secure our salvation. God has done it all. God does not save really nice people because they are nice, or those who justify themselves by their good deeds, thinking that God will not send a good person to hell. Since we cannot do anything to save ourselves, the only way we can lose our salvation is to reject this truth that God alone has saved us through his Son, Jesus Christ. Wow. What peace and joy Christians have knowing that God has justified us to have eternal life with him in heaven. God's word on justification from the NIV. Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Titus chapter 3, verse 7. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. And that is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. John chapter 14 verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 13 and 14. But we ought to always thank God for you, brothers and sisters loved by the Lord, because God chose you as firstfruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through the gospel, that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ so that we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ, and not by works of the law, because by the works of the law no one will be justified. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5, 6 to 8 You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 4 verses 4 and 5 Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as obligation. However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. And John chapter 3 verses 16 and 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Next, we join Pastor Timothy Smith with God's Word for You. God's Word for You, Job 34, verses 10 to 20. So listen to me, you men of understanding. Far be it from God to do evil, from the Almighty to do wrong. This is still Job's friend Elihu speaking. Now, God is not the author of evil. Evil came into the world because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve, and the reason for this is beyond human reason to truly understand. And also, we can't comprehend just just how huge our evil is. 
before God, our evil condemns us to hell. It's so insidious, so corrupting, so destructive that God himself is the only solution. Men of understanding can hear about this, but only a person of faith can believe it and ask God for help. Only a person with the faith of a little child can really trust in Christ as the solution, the only solution for our sins. Our formula of Concord says in Article 1, What and how great this hereditary evil is, no reason knows and understands, but it must be learned and believed from the revelation of Scripture. Verses 11 and 12. He repays everyone for what they have done. He brings on them what their conduct deserves. It is unthinkable that God would do wrong, that the Almighty would pervert justice. Job's other friends reached a similar point in their reasoning. The conclusion they came to went like this. It's unthinkable that God would act unjustly, therefore Job must have sinned. Bildad said that in chapter 8. Elihu comes very close here to the correct conclusion of the book, which is, it is unthinkable that God would act unjustly, therefore do not question God's justice. But Elihu keeps talking. Verses 13 and following. Who appointed him over the earth? Who put him in charge of the whole world? If it were his intention and he withdrew his spirit and breath, all humanity would perish together and mankind would return to the dust. Now, Elihu's statement that God can't do evil in verse 10 is supported by some logical conclusions. Perhaps these statements are another attempt by Elihu to appear to be a great man of wisdom. One of them is back in verse 11, God God repays people for what they've done. This is a a neutral comment. Although the negative is true, God repays evil with punishment, the positive side would make a struggle in vain to find proof in Scripture, though, that God repays good behavior with blessings or especially with eternal life. Our good behavior or good deeds are our response to the blessings of forgiveness and eternal life. Our good deeds don't actually achieve those things. So Elihu, if this is his meaning, is wrong. God does not grant eternal life because of good behavior, but rather only the person who is perfect, Leviticus 19.2, will live eternally. Since we can't meet this requirement, we need a savior from our sins. The very melites, or mediator, the angel described uh, that Elihu described earlier in chapter 33. Other conclusions Elihu makes here are, first of all, God isn't accountable to anyone since God is the original creator of everything. And two, God alone has the right to claim a life. Now we see elsewhere in the Bible that God has also given the right to take a human life to the government and that certain forms of killing, a just war, capital punishment, self-defense, are permitted, although not commanded by God. Romans 13. Verses 16 to 20. If you have understanding, hear this. Listen to what I say. Can someone who hates justice govern? Will you condemn the just and mighty one? Is he not the one who says to kings, you are worthless, and to nobles, you are wicked, who shows no partiality to princes, and does not favor the rich over the poor, for they are all the work of his hands? They die in an instant in the middle of the night. The people are shaken as they pass away. The mighty are are removed without human hand. Elihu's conclusion God is unassailable in matters of justice. 
Of course, we would add that God is unassailable in all things. But regarding justice itself, we have to see that although God gives the power of earthly justice to governments, he himself is the final say in the matter of eternal judgment. God does not limit himself to a single set of human laws. His law is divine and his judgment is final. There are madmen in the world who try to claim that God would never condemn anyone to punishment in hell. They drag themselves into doubt and unbelief when they try to claim that simply because a man seemed to be a good man, that he deserves a place in God's heaven. A good man to the world is still a condemned sinner if he rejects Christ. A wicked man to the world is still a forgiven believer if he himself turns to Jesus for forgiveness. This is the stumbling block to human reason, and many people have stumbled over it and landed in doubt, in ignorance, in unbelief. As for you, keep trusting in Jesus. His blood covers over your sins, all of them. In him you have the promise of the resurrection and the certainty of eternal life. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's word for you. We end our time together with another new song by Branches Band, You Are My King. This song is also found on their new album, Hope of All.
You have been listening to episode 102 of Kanan Podcast. This podcast was first shared in June of 2015. We'd like to thank Branches Band for sharing their music with us this week. Links to purchase their new album can be found at com in our show notes. Also at com, you can subscribe, listen to show episodes, or find links to the artists featured on this show. Once again, my name is Philip Wells. It was a privilege to be your host for this episode. We encourage you to visit wells.net to find a Wells ministry location near you. Thank you for listening. Christ died on the cross, set me free.